Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord... my soul to take. No! Please! No! What just happened? My name is Adam Hellerman, but everyone calls me Bug. I live in Riverton, Massachusetts, a small town notable for fishing, tourism, and the Riverton Ripper. The Ripper was killed 16 years ago today, the very night that seven of us here were born. Some say we share more than just a birthday. They found Jay Chan in the river this morning. He's dead. Pray for our souls, Bug. He's coming. Hello? There's been no clue as to who this killer might be. If he was evil enough, somebody you thought was dead come back alive? Souls live on. Do you think the Ripper came back to take his revenge? What if his soul went into one of the seven kids who were born the night he died? Bug? Pray for our souls, Bug. But which one? Do you know who your father was? Take a look in the mirror, Bug. If you killed people, Bug. Not that I can remember. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic.
Dude. Whoa, dude, dude, no! Oh. Hello there. How you doing? Hello, long Hello. time no see. Yes, it's just like I talked to you 20 minutes ago. Uh, it seems like a lifetime to me, sir. Oh, I know. I know. Welcome right. to the movie Sucktastic, in case you didn't figure that out by the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, what, what episode is this, sir? 182. 182. 182. Um, and, and this is our West Craven Memorial, a.k.a. our review of My Soul to Take. <sighs> yeah. Now, this, this film is uh, five years old. It's almost five years old to the day. It came out in the fall of 2010 um, in 3D, mind you. Now, I don't know if you know that this film was made... Uh, or released in 3D because there is nowhere in this movie where 3D is even remotely an well, option. It, it actually, it specifically, uh, if you look up the IMDb trivia, it specifically says in there that the film was converted to 3D after it was made. This, this is that point where any single film that came out, they would just convert it to 3D because it was so easy to make it digitally, and then they would just release it as a 3D film. So, yeah. yeah, it was not supposed to be a 3D film, but they said, ah, you know what? Run it through the 3D machine. It's a horror film. It'll sell. Yeah, and they got to charge an extra $3 a ticket because it didn't test well. So they just figured they would try and make as much money as possible well, in its it first you know, well. weekend or it two. didn't test well, and they, they did a lot of reshoots because it didn't test well, and it was not released for review. Always a good sign. Oh, yeah. Well, it, what's funny... It didn't test well. Like, uh, the whole opening of the film here, where uh, the father's working on the on the hobby horse and the dollhouse, oh. and, the, and and the, the wife comes down, and the, the it's oh, almost that's... like they added dialogue in after, which, if they did reshoots, that's what they did. The, the mother, the, the wife is like, oh, oh, the knife, it's so scary. Can you come up? And he's like, okay, dear, I'll be right up. And then he hits his head on something, and then he's like, oh, I'm a killer. <laughs> It's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And then she she surprises him. She's like, oh my god, the knife, it's so scary. It's like, it's like Wes, Wes, you're better than this. You're better. All right, and that's the one thing I want to argue with you is that you read a lot of reviews about this film and a lot of them say, oh, it's so it's such a shock that this horrible film came from Wes Craven. Wes has lost it. Wes has lost Could it be that Wes Craven, the, the master of horror, has lost his mojo? Wes, and, wow. and I, you know, I, I don't want to trash the man after he's dead. And, you know, and, and in a lot of respects, thank God he was around to give us what he did. He was an integral part of the horror film movement, especially in the 80s going into the 90s uh, and 70s as well. Uh, but Yeah, le- or mid to late 70s, absolutely. Yeah, but, but Wes was never what I would call a genius. I would say he was a competent filmmaker and... Just this whole idea that oh he's the man with with the ingenuities. There was never anything that inge- ingenious about Wes. But I'm not I'm I don't dislike Wes Craven. I, and there's a number of his films that I do like. But he but he has like an, at, at the very least a fifty fifty track record of making great films and shit. Well, and we're yeah. going to go over that a little bit. I mean I'm sure will you Wait, and I will hold, hold on. Uh, there's so many continuity errors in this movie. So many, uh, like well, the one, 
it's not a continuity error, but it's just bad filmmaking. Error? It's bad filmmaking. Like his his psychiatrist calls him in the middle of the night. First, he wakes up from uh, sleep. He's like, ah! okay, there's that. Wife doesn't wake up. Then he gets a phone call, a full-fledged ring, ring phone call. Wife doesn't wake up. Then he gets mad and destroys the lamp, throws it across the room. It makes a ton of noise. Wife doesn't wake up. And the therapist's like, you got to wake her up. He's like, I'm not going to wake her up. <laughs> it's like, you should have <laughs> woke her up three times already. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, are we really going to be shocked now? It's like, who's buying this shit? It, this is an example, too, of like Wes Craven, uh, a, a gorilla filmmaker from the 70s, and you give him these budgets now, and it's just, oh, what can we do with CGI? It's like, oh, I have an idea. When she taps her stomach and says, it's almost time, baby, we should have the the fingers pushing through the skin a little bit. Yeah, like, babies don't do that. Yeah. So you not, have two kids, right? Do babies do that? Did you ever look up and see like your, your wife's like abdomen pulsing like an alien was inside? Uh, no, babies don't do that. No, but I mean, you don't, <laughs> you don't, it's film. not, it's there's not that in, in defense of, you know, that, and this is just small. You do see the baby push on the stomach you do see like a lump and like a foot pushing in. You don't see like like it's made of the like fingers. fucking paper. You know, it's it, not yeah. Fingers. No, I know. It's like you don't see that. It's there's, just there's, you don't. Nothing happens through the entire film to make you believe. Okay, back then, yeah, it should have looked like the kid was like actually pushing fingers through flesh. Yeah, Her skin isn't made of paper. All right, <laughs> it's it's not it's not gonna it's not that apparent. All right, let, let me let me give the capsule tour of the film. Uh, it's basically a remake, a remake of Nightmare on Elm Street, <laughs> more or less. Uh, more or less. Basically, the, uh, the prologue is this husband turns out to have multiple personalities or souls, spoiler alert, uh, and he's a killer. He ends up killing his wife and a bunch of other dozen people because he keeps come, He keeps jumping up from being dead. Five times he jumps up. Oh, is he dead? Yeah. It's oh, a guess what? Third it's time. a ridiculous oh, amount of times. Oh, how come no one has emptied a clip into this guy's head after the third time he jumps up? Oh, guess what? He's not dead. Um, and so then he he's the Riverton. By the way, uh, as far as the laziness of naming shit in this film, the town next to the river is Riverton. Yeah. The guy, the guy <laughs> who's the, the serial killer who's killing all these women, they're calling him the Ripper. What the fuck? <laughs> really? That... Wes, is, Wes, you're phoning this one in, Wes. Um, I mean, was 2010 when he was diagnosed? Ooh, too soon. Ooh, too soon, too soon. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> um, so then the film goes to 16 years later, and all the children, seven children, and there's a there's a, a glaring continuity error involving that that we'll talk about later, that there's an excuse for it that doesn't hold any fucking water for me whatsoever. And we'll well, there's a continuity that. error that happens right this second, uh, where That's the, the character, about. Well, I don't know, maybe not. Uh, where what? the what? the one character shoots his his psychiatrist in the head, okay. kills him dead. Yet later on in a flashback, you see him delivering the baby. <laughs> they cut. You see like a flash uh, of of the psychiatrist and the one cop that had her throat slit in the beginning of the movie deliver the baby. <laughs> it's like I, wait a minute, I, I, that guy was I, shot in the head. Good call. I missed that one. <laughs> I, I now I have a note about that too about the psychiatrist. Yeah. Um, 
where is it? Uh, blah, 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 blah. You know you're in trouble when Harris Eulin is your most recognizable face and you still kill him off in the first five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a well-known actor. He's been in everything, yes. but he's not. Oh, yeah. But he's not an A-list actor. And no. so he's like one of those guys who's like, oh, yeah, he's been in everything. He's the only face in this film you recognize, and they put a bullet through it in like the first five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, the big continuity error. Here, here's, I mean, well, the black woman in this, she's recognizable now because she's in The Walking Dead, but not five years ago. Since I don't like that show and don't watch it, I didn't make that connection. So. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Samurai sword chick? Yep, that's her. Oh, I don't care. Um, so, I know you don't care. She doesn't have to have a samurai sword for you to care less. I know no, this. That's, that's, <laughs> now, 16 years later, the seven children that were born prematurely on the same night that the Riverton killer disappeared, a.k.a. died. Uh, oh, and by the way, when there's a serial killer that's killed so many people, including like police, and then he just disappears when they're trying to get to the hospital, uh, apparently authorities just say, ah, he's probably dead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. We're sure he's dead. We 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 didn't we didn't find a body or anything, but you know what? We're just going to assume that you know things happened. Uh, so well, there's a continuity later, error, continuity error with the seven premature births too. I want to talk about I want to talk about that in a second. We're going to okay. talk about that. Um, I just want to get the basic plot of the film. So 16 years later, these seven kids that were born that night, uh, they start being killed one by one, and then there's a whole thing with one of the kids we follow, whose name is for some reason Bug, and <laughs> not all right. All the kids call him Bug. The parents call him Bug. The police chief calls him Bug. Who the fuck has a nickname that the fucking police call him by? Why is this kid called Bug? What the fuck? Yeah, it's not explained. Not like it needs to be, but maybe in passing. And the mother's calling him Bug? And his real name in the film is Alex, but they get Bug out of that. I don't know. And his his sister is Fang. What the fuck? (laughs) Wes, come on! Yeah, uh, anyway, apparently he wanted it, cool nicknames in, in his movie. And so the kill, kids are killed one by one, and it's the whole idea of who's the killer. Uh, is it, did the guy come back? It's, you know, it's like Scream over again. Uh, but then there's this whole thing where uh, there's a, a thing about souls, which I guess we'll talk about now. But, and then it all ends poorly, as in poorly written. But you, you want to explain the, the soul dichotomy or the, the birth the birth dichotomy, and that which leads into the soul dichotomy. Well, ahead. they they say that the, the all seven of them uh, seven of them were born on the same night that um, the serial killer, the Ripper, he was he he was killed. So they say. Um, but the the continuity error is that they say that there's seven premature births. Now at the hospital, right at the hospital. They at call the hospital. Head to the hospital, and the, the the woman at the hospital says, "What's going on? We got seven premature births on the same night. What's going on?" Well, he's obviously not born in the hospital. He's, they cut him out of his they, mother's womb. They cut him the out hospital. at the house. So, the, okay, is there like this other? Is there's this? Set, who's this other seventh? But there's eight people now. There's eight now, people, not seven. But there was never. There's not an eighth person. There's there's a explanation that's really a rationalization that makes no fucking sense that I'm going to debunk right here and now. If you go to IMDb and look at people talking about it or check the trivia even, what some people will say is, well, no, it's implied i.e. not in script that uh, when he calls they're they're in the ambulance driving the killer to the hospital. They say, well, what what probably happened is they rushed the baby there ahead of the, the killer 
or the mother there ahead of the killer. And the people that are saying they rushed the mother there ahead of the killer obviously didn't see the flashback that shows her dead and the, them cutting her out in the fucking bed of the house that she was killed in. Right. So obviously they didn't rush the mother to the hospital. The well, You find out later that the woman that answers the phone is Aunt May. Aunt May raises the child that they cut out of the fucking mother as her own because the dead mother is Aunt, is Aunt May's sister. Right. Right? Follow? Right. Yep. The, the rationalization is, well, what hap- What really happens is, and the, the script doesn't ex- this explain it fully, but that the, the baby was rushed to the hospital ahead of time, and the woman included this baby as one of the prematures. And I, there's two main arguments against that. One, no fucking medical professional is going to call a baby cut out of a dead mother's stomach as a premature baby. That's not a premature baby. That's a fucking rescue mission. <laughs> Second thing is, when she's on the phone and says, we have seven premature babies, and the guy comes on the phone and says, oh, by the way, the, the woman's dead, and the husband is the, uh, the we think is the, is, is the ripper. The ripper. The, ripper. The, the woman is not crying tears, is not over-emotional. She's just kind of like that kind of like harried nurse. Now, since her, since her sister just had a baby cut out of her dead corpse, I'm thinking... If she knew that, one, she wouldn't be so casual about it, and two, she wouldn't probably be counting that as a premature baby. <laughs> so, so, to the rationalizations of the error, no, it wasn't intentional. It's not explained by that. It's just a fucking error. A, a huge one. Yeah, that's uh, that's due, one of due to things. poor script writing, like you said. It just yeah. And you know what? That's not that's not even an error. It doesn't even bother me that much when I see the error. But then when people try to rationalize it and explain it, it's like, you're fucking insane. Really? Really? That's what it is? Oh, yeah, yeah. She just kind of assumed it. Yeah. Because, and she, she obviously knew then that her sister was dead and that one of the children was her, was her uh, you know, nephew because she looks so distraught, you know, practically annoyed. What's up over there? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, people. You're not, you're not even trying. Ah, but go ahead. So we got the basic plot. Yeah, basic plot with the seven preemies. Oh. Um, and for, for, for our old school fans, I, I had the notebook involved in this one. I was actually na- taking notes. Ah, um, yeah, that's old school. I have mine right over there. Um, but the whole premise is that this serial killer collects souls. Okay. Well, all right. Not not quite. See, in, in now. I, I did a lot of double checking and a lot of thinking because here's the problem: the film is so fucking convoluted and tries to get, explain so much without explaining anything that unless you go to audio commentaries and interviews, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Here, here's the lowdown, Joey, and, and correct me if, if you you see somewhere somewhere different. Okay. And again, I didn't get this from watching the film. I got this from reading a lot of confused people and figuring out which ones weren't that confused. The whole idea, because I was confused, and I, I, you know, and you and I know films, so it's 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 not because it was a complicated film; it's because it's poorly written. Um, sorry, Wes. Uh, the whole <laughs> idea hear is you. that this guy was <laughs> schizophrenic, and right. in West in Wes's little universe in this film, a schizophrenic person is actually someone who has the capacity to hold more than one soul in their bodies. Now, this makes no fucking sense whatsoever. I'll grant you that. So one of the seven souls in this person's body, in the father's body, was a serial killer. And this serial killer had the ability to take control of this person and kill people. So when this, when the father dies, 
uh, and they never find the body, which so you know I don't know how that happened. Uh, all these seven souls apparently fled into the premature babies who were being born prematurely before he died. So, <laughs> great, great coincidence, by the way. Um, so all the souls fled him and went into those babies. Uh, unless they fled him the first time he died, because he did die four times in that in those five minutes. He did. He did die a lot. So, the whole idea is that, but he, but the serial killer body fled too. So the whole idea is there's ten. So there's eight souls, and this right. is this is this is conjecture on either people watching the film and reading into it or interviews and stuff. This is not explained fully in the film at all. If you just watched the film and and didn't get anything from this from this, you're not stupid. It's just a bad movie. Eight souls left the father and fled into seven children, which meaning one of those seven kids born then also has the bad soul. Yeah. Uh, and, and the thing that I don't get about that is... <laughs> Everything. Well, yeah. But the the one kid has the bad soul, obviously ha- has it the entire time, but isn't a bad kid until this night <laughs> where they do the this ceremony yeah it, well because it's the 16th anniversary meant something somehow yeah now uh, all right doesn't I'm make, sorry. that doesn't make any sense i've got a lot of problem with teenagers being represented in this film now one of the things that i do like about this film is that the teenagers are actually teenagers i believe that these kids are 16 they, they, for they, the most they, part they, sure yeah now Teenagers, I don't care what town you are, I don't care. 16-year-olds are not this fucking organized. They've got this annual event where they go to the site where the ambulance still is, and they've got, like, thousands of candles on it, and they, they have a whole ritual where they bring a puppet out and drag it back in. Is that, who Really? Yeah. These kids, did this by, they didn't just, like, go out there and get drunk and, and, and like, fuck each other? Come on. Read this. they got this whole weird ritual with a life-size. They made a life-size puppet of a killer that they've never seen. And each year they have the seven kids get together and everybody watches one of them drags it back into the river or else it'll kill them. And the only thing weirder than the fact that these kids are this competent enough to have this kind of uh, continue. And when did this tradition start, by the way? When they were five? At what age did this become a tradition? Yeah, it, but, see, it, it, it seems like this has only been happening in the last... Yeah. Where are they... You're right. It's like... What the fuck? They, yeah, they like, gather, it's a ton of them, too. It's just like, okay, we've been doing this since we were 12. No, you haven't. Uh, no. You're 16, you probably, and realistically, you've been doing this for two years. But they allude that it's been way longer than that. If you were doing this when you were 12, they'd be selling tickets by now. Or the town would have cordoned off this area five years ago. Right. Because the only, the only thing worse than 16-year-olds gathering together to hold hold rituals in a, in a forest is 12-year-olds gathering in a forest together perform rituals I'm, i don't care how wacky they are the only thing that makes less sense than that is i've forgotten i had a, my train of thought was totally derailed by that whole craziness um blah 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 blah, blah. uh I, I lost it i had somewhere i was going with that but <laughs> oh. it's so it's so ludicrous by itself i'm trying to the, oh yeah the only thing weirder than the fact that they get together and have this ritual where they have to drag a a, a, a um you know, a, a, a life-size puppet uh, totem of the killer into the in the river to prevent them from being killed is the fact that all these kids admit to them admit to each other that they believe it, that they're actually scared that this serial killer uh, is is going to come back and kill them that night. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I 
I, it's it's weird how in the course of five minutes, Wes Craven has made me not give a shit about anybody in this film. <laughs> I just, especially since they're all like your typical. Here's the jock. Here, here, here it is. Here's the jock. Here's the uh, goth chick. Here's the uh, popular pretty chick. Here's the misunderstood boy. Here's the awkward hero. And here's the blind black kid. What? <laughs> Just like out of nowhere. <laughs> and, and the only black kid, by the way. So the fact that this kid, the only black kid in the film, also happens to be blind? What the fuck are the odds? Yeah, I mean, you know he's going to die at some point because Five he's bucks black. Says he Five bucks says he was gay, too. We just didn't hear about it. Yeah, right? I mean, trying to put everything into one shot there. And, of course, the redhead has to be, like, the super religious freak. Oh, dude! Like, when they're, at the, when they're in the, the woods, it's like she's practically a fucking priest. She's just missing the white collar. <laughs> she's just the way right. they have her dressed. Okay, now, yeah, back, now back me on this. Carpenter films. There's always been a lot of religion stuff going on in the Carpenter films. Sure. It's Craven films. What, I mean, Wes never really tackled religion too much. As far as I can remember, unless I'm forgetting a film. What the fuck? I'm an atheist, and I'm offended by how religious people were portrayed in this film. <laughs> I was like, really? She has to be, really? She has to say things like, gird your loins? And she has to, and, uh, and, uh, and Wes, again, Wes, you're not even trying. We, you, you, you paint this girl to be this ultra-religious person who talks like she's a fucking 50-year-old matri- uh, church matron. And then when you have her walking through the woods, what is she reciting? The Lord's Prayer, Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep? Yeah. You, could, you couldn't just crack open a Bible and find some scripture that was relevant? No, let me just use this one child, this one thing that like five-year-olds say before they go to sleep. Wes, you're not even trying. And then, and then the constant references is, so oh, know. let's go, let's go with it. What? You say? I said, he's, he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> just, just so you know. But. And then, all, and then like, throughout the film, there's references to church. Now, apparently, there's deleted scenes where they actually went to church, and there's like a community thing. Well, but there's a couple whole... in the trailer that uh, that you don't see oh, in the movie. Yeah, and so, again, they had to do a lot of recuttings. People thought the film was, you know, bad. Oh, go figure. <laughs> um, but there's constant references to like, oh yeah, let's go to the church about it. Oh, we want to, you want to pray, and then they, it's like, wow, this, this film was real. It's almost like, like the film treats Christians. The way that Fox News thinks people actually treat, treat Christians. <laughs> it, it's, it's weird. Yeah, it's like, that, it's, that is true. It's like I'm watching the film through, like, Sean Hannity's eyes. Like, this this is how Christians are treated. This, this is Bill O'Reilly during Christmas. I'm watching this. Like, this is how he thinks people act. He, he thinks everybody that's, like, secular is like, ah, wait, are you going to go pray to God again? Nah, fuck you. Whoa, really? Wes, calm down a bit here. Come on. <laughs> I mean, and he's, he's trying to line the whole thing up with his whole soul premise, but he, and the weird thing is, he has the religious chick, he has mentions of church, and then there's the whole thing with the soul premise, and the soul premise never touches the religion church thing, really. Except that the, the religious girls knew it was going to happen, because God told her. Yeah, 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 yeah. What, 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 and what the fuck was that about? Oh, wow. I, you know, what the fuck? Wes, oh, speaking of which, are we doing a movie challenge off of this? No, this is just a Wes Craven thing, right? Oh, this is a Wes Craven thing. We're not doing okay, a challenge. Because if I was going to challenge you, I would challenge you to God told me so. <laughs> that would be my challenge to you. Which, which I have, but I've never actually watched all the way through, so that would be a good one. I, I, I remember seeing bits and pieces of that as a kid, specifically the ending. Such a weird ending from what I remember as a kid. Um, 
I know I know the entire film. I just never actually sat through it all. I mean, I, I, I've, I've read here. about it. Same yeah. here. Now, speaking of weird things in this film that like don't really add up, what's with the fucking bird references? It's throughout the whole film, especially no. uh, the, what he builds for class. It just... Okay, all right. <laughs> My favorite part... I mean, first of all, after the prologue, we've got 10 minutes of, of exposition either by teenagers holding rituals or by late-night talk radio. <laughs> uh, or I think it was called... I, th I think in the credits, it actually calls it a podcast, but there's nothing to tell you that's not a talk radio. Right, um, right. Now, I mean, one kid's watching the birds uh, bug... The kid Bug, he has a, a toy raven. They, they make a... And there's this whole thing about the California condor, which is a vulture. And and my favorite part is... And I wrote a note about it here. Because he's, he's listening to this talk radio thing. Because they're setting up this whole premise about souls. So the specialist on condors says, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the American Indians, they, they respected the condor, uh, California condor. And they, they said not only does it eat the dead, it retains them too. Because they believed that the... The condor, the California condor, uh, retained the souls of those it ate. <laughs> like I mean, I wrote down, no, they didn't. <laughs> no, 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 they didn't. I, I, I even tried to check that up, and no, there's no, they fucking didn't. No, what? Don't, don't. <laughs> so, oh, you know what's really? funny? <laughs> and and it has, it's just like, all right, this has nothing. All it's like, it's this ham-fisted way of West to say, okay, we need to introduce the idea of like retaining souls in here because this is such a weird, bizarre concept that we're not fully explaining in the film that we have to foreshadow it somehow or we're totally fucked. <laughs> uh, there, there's a scene where he, uh, where he has his cell phone that he got from his fake mom. And on which, the back... Which amazingly dates the film so much even though it was only made five years ago. I know. Holy shit. It's a flip phone. But she tapes she tapes a piece of paper to the back with phone numbers and 911 is one of them. <laughs> Sweetie, in case you forget the number for 911. Uh, I mean, I'm surprised the phone... Like, Wes Craven is in his 70s even when he's writing this. It's like, I'm surprised it's not a fucking jitterbug phone. <laughs> it's like, holy shit, Wes. <laughs> Smartphones did exist in 2010. They really <laughs> did. <laughs> well, the one girl had something with like an a weird antenna on it, so <laughs> and one of them did have smartphones. I I don't know. Uh, I I think Wes's idea of what teenagers do was even worse. The bathroom scene with Fang and the other girls it was oh, like, yeah. wait, hold on, is Wes Craven trying to do a remake of Heather's? What the fuck is this all about? Yeah, right. It's like, and it's weird. They have this one scene where they set up Fang. Which is, uh, which I, I love the big reveal. Big reveal! Fang is Bug's sister! I. Could Whoa! Get... Yeah, alright. That's wonderful. Because we all know that. We all know he's the son of the serial killer. Who? She, even... They explain later that she's 19 and still in high school. And they do that because when the, the cops break into the house, there's like this little girl that looks to be five or six years old, maybe even seven, <laughs> but she's supposed to really be three. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like. Holy shit. How much can I forgive, Wes? I can't forgive. I'm sorry. There's only so much I can take. But they, they do that on purpose. That she, They make yeah. it a point to say, you're 19 and you're still in high school, to make her part of this teenage crowd uh, so that she's a part of it. She's still in high school with them. She's socializing with them. She's kind of like the leader of all of the, you know, it's like you got to give him a three. You got to give him an eight, which just basically means how hard they get punched. Yeah, they said it. <laughs> 
set it up like she's running the entire school, and then it goes absolutely nowhere. It's like, okay, you were just killing five minutes, Wes. That's all you were doing. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. There's this IMDb thread where somebody went on there and said, yeah, I don't get it. How come they say that she's supposed to be three, and she looks like she's six or seven, which is what you just exactly said, because <laughs> you have a three-year-old child in your house, right? I sure do. Yeah, and then somebody <laughs> responded, it's like, no, dude, she looked like she was three. And I'm, yeah, my three-year-old. Yeah, you you know you know how he says vanilla, vanilla. That's how he says it. Now she says to the cop, uh, "Get away from me." Probably clearer than some adults I've met. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> my son. If I told him say "Get away from me," it wouldn't come out like that. I don't think and she said he, "Get away from me." I think she says something about "Please wake mommy." No, no, he was taken back because she she told him like essentially to go fuck himself no, like get away I, from me or dude, uh I, like go I, I, away I, I totally disagree i'm pretty sure she said something about mommy if you've mm. got subtitles you can go back and check it at some point yeah i do but have subtitles i'm pretty sure she said something about mommy right. i don't think i don't think she said get away from we're me. at the 28 minute mark yeah i'll throw the subtitles on <laughs> i think these are english subtitles they're yeah, not english that, subtitles yeah, <laughs> they're like oh. fucking german subtitles yeah, and that whole Heather sequence... I, well, I, I can go that. back to the scene and play the audio. You can't hear it because I don't have the AVI, but I'll be honest if you want. No, the, no the, but what you hear is not going to make a difference. You, you need to see what was actually said because you have already have it in your head, so you're going to hear what you're thinking. That, no, that no, doesn't no, no. prove uh, a thing. All right, all, all right, hold on. You need to actually have go. the subtitles up there. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, the bird thing's fucking yeah, ludicrous. she just said, get away from me. So I'm pretty sure it was something about mommy. Nope, it was get away from me. She, I, here's the thing. She might have said that first, but she says, get away from me. I, I, I disagree. But anyway. Rewatch it. <laughs> yeah, go. there's all these bird references, and it doesn't go anywhere. It's, a, it's, all, it's just like this ham-fisted way of introducing the whole soul concept. Uh, and the film, the, the saddest part of the film, I think, I think a lot of critics and reviewers... By the way, this, this film is the evil opposite of... Um, the last film we reviewed was It Follows, and right. I was shocked and amazed that that piece of shit had a 96 Rotten Tomatoes rating. Uh, and then oh, the, this the, is this has got to be low. Can well, I guess? Yeah. I, I haven't Hold looked. Okay. Yeah, let, let me set it up. Uh, we did It Follows. I thought that film was a piece of shit, and It Follows had um, a 96 critics rating and a 69 viewer rating. Right. So this film, guess what the critics rating is? Critics rating, yeah. On Tomato Theater. I'm going to go single digits on this one. Wow. That's what I'm going to guess. Not, 9%. You are correct. Nice. And audience, uh, score? audience score because, you know what? We, as a society, suck. Um, I'll probably go in the 30 to 40% range. Very close. 27. 27. Okay. Yeah. So, and, and I, I don't think this film deserves one star. Okay, maybe four. <laughs> but, yeah, it is bad. Um, so, it's weird. It just kind of contrasts the other film we were watching last episode. I thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a lot of notes. <laughs> I have a lot of notes. I have a lot of notes. <laughs> so um, many notes. You know, it's funny, you know, on the IMDb page, they... Um, Oh, you know, as far as like goofs and continuity errors, they don't list many. It's almost like 
people just stopped caring about this movie. You know, it's it. it I I would imagine that if it made a lot of money, uh, it would have a much larger following on IMDb. I, I even don't know. the uh, even the um the 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 boards, you got a couple of people saying, "Oh yeah, it was great. I loved it." And it's like, yeah, man. But here's the problem. I loved that Van liked Helsing it, too. The people that liked it and the people that like explain shit that enjoyed the film, they don't make any fucking sense. I want to give you since you mentioned the the uh, trivia section IMDb. Here's okay. a specific example. Here's one of the trivias. Uh, right right below. Color timing was completed on November 6, 2009. Who the fuck wrote that? Wes Craven? Yeah. <laughs> when, when, when did you watch a film? I wonder when they did the color timing on this. Yeah, right? <laughs> All right. And, and anybody, anybody listening who knows what color timing is, you probably should have your own podcast. Uh, the, here we go. The river. T- here's this trivia. And you watch the film. Tell me this makes any fucking sense to you. The Riverton Seven are all killed off in accordance to their betrayal at the beginning of the film with Abel Plankoff. The first soul, the first soul heard, is the soul which takes the body of Riverton Seven J Chan. What? Yeah, yeah. What? What betrayal? They're babies. <laughs> the, I, I don't understand how. Now, like, un- unless they meant, unless they meant their portrayal or their introduction, but even then. The, I'm pretty sure the black kid is rec- is is introduced first during the uh, jock spiel. It's like the second, the voice of God fearing Riverton Seven, Penelope Bridge. The third, varsity wrestler. The fourth, popular Brittany Cunningham. So that's, I'm pretty sure it's not the order. I, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. The order it's, that it's, they're killed in. Yeah, I'm pretty um, sure the black. I'm pretty sure the black blind kid is the first one introduced. I'm almost positive. If you go back, that's the first kid introduced. And again, the fact he says betrayal, I'm watching the. Because I, I read it before the film, because I'm an idiot. So I'm, I'm watching. So like, what, 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 who's fucking betrayed? What are they talking about? Yeah, betrayed? yeah, no, it's just, it, a, autocorrect. And, I'm sure. Yeah, this whole idea of like the souls fleeing to newborns, and then I. So, it. The, <laughs> if. The it hurts the pain. The, well, trying to wrap your head around now, like Freddy Krueger. I mean, give give Wes credit. Freddy Krueger was like, okay, he was a child molester. They burned him alive, and now he haunts their dreams. All right, I'll go with that. You know, because <laughs> there's not a lot of logic to wrap around there. Okay, he's this weird demon now that lives in the dream realm. Why not? <laughs> he didn't try to. The, the genius of that was he didn't try to explain how he got from A to B. It wasn't like, oh, and he was in the satanic rituals and he, and he experimented with dreamscapes. Like, no, he, they, they thought he was raping their children. They burned them alive. And now he haunts their dreams and kills their children. All right, fair enough. Great. You know, it's, a, it's, 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 it's a basic premise. We don't need a lead up to it. We're here to watch teenagers die. With this, he tr- gets in this whole weird soul thing. And so he's trying to set these ground rules without describing them at all because no one in the film at all has any idea what's going on until the very end and even then they're kind of oblivious so like if, if this one guy if the if schizophrenics really just have the capacity to have many souls in them where do these souls come from are the other people's souls and then if that's the case when this guy when the serial killer dies and the seven souls flee the newborn babies does that mean all of them have two souls in them that can't be it because that's a special ability that only schizophrenics have so what happened to these souls kick out the real souls of these babies? Yeah, get the fuck out of here. 
Yeah, what <laughs> happened to those souls? And, and and how do they how do they even know that there was so, a kid that they could go have two souls in one? And if if Buggy's the one that has that special ability, how the fuck did his friend get the second bad soul? And if that's the case, how is he mimicking the souls of his friends before they're dead? <laughs> no, Wes. No. 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 And here's a question for you that I want answered right now. And I, okay. I wrote it down because I knew for a fact. I, they, they showed it. And I was like, you know what? That's never going to be explained. I, know all, I, I already know that's never, ever going to be explained in this film. What do you got? In the, in the prologue, how do, they, how do they identify the killer on the news? They do a close-up on the knife said, and the killer's knife. Oh, yeah, they, they zoomed in, and it's like they enhanced the knife where it said vengeance. It's like, yeah. The, no, no, no. the killer's knife has the word vengeance etched into it. And I, I immediately wrote down, I bet you we never find out why the fuck this killer has vengeance in his knife. And you know what? <laughs> we never do. We never find out what the vengeance is. Now, the, his argument at the end when, when he explains, like, yeah, you know, an evil soul never forgets, and you souls left me... And I'm going to, I mean, the, the, even the, the motivation behind the killer is that the killer was one soul of seven that was trapped in the schizophrenic's body. And then when he was killed, they all ran in the newborns. So the other soul, who was just as captured as the other souls, goes back to kill those souls for leaving him behind 16 years later in other bodies. What the fuck? <laughs> Why at, at that point? Why even give it a reason? Why not just make it like Chucky? Say, "Hey, I was a killer. Now I'm a killer in a, in a doll body. Guess what? I'm still killing people." <laughs> and, and 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 who's to say that the seven of them w would even associate with each other? I know they have this ritual, but it's what? just hold on. Yeah, my sister was killed by a, a notorious serial killer. I'm gonna raise the child and never tell him. Maybe I should hmm. Leave town? Yeah. <laughs> maybe these families that all are all convinced that maybe this killer will one day come back. Maybe the families that have these kids that were born on the same night and have this weird fear that the killer will return. Maybe they should move. <laughs> what the fuck? Ghost haunted move haunted house films make more sense than that. What? Well, yeah. Like, Oh, I'm trying to hide the fact that this kid's father is a serial killer from him. So let me do that by staying in the same town. All the parents know and apparently are telling their children left and right. So it's the worst kept secret since Spider-Man's identity. And then uh, let me make sure that the daughter knows. And sh eventually she'll just uh, tell him. <laughs> Freddy Krueger's secret at least was like a big secret. Hey, we you know, we killed a man. Oh, yeah, we should shut the fuck up about this. That's why no one talked about it. This one's right. like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we all know that that kid wasn't your kid, but no one's going to say anything. And 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 does a, does a principal really have the legal authority to send a child to Boston for psychological training? Well, they sure made a point to have him say it. Because the I, whole time I'm watching, I'm like, yeah, you can't do that. And he's like, and I have the right to do it. It's like, no, you don't. Ask your wife. I'm pretty sure that a principal can't like order psychological tests on your. Son. No, no, no. I know for a fact that they can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. They can suggest that your child get uh, diagnosed or go uh, to to a psychiatrist, a doctor, or whatever. 
But that's that you cannot even you cannot even have the child be held back in school without the parents' consent. They have to sign a paper first. And if they don't, off to the next grade. You could give this kid straight Fs all the way through. If the parent says, nah, I don't think so, right over to the next grade. Yes. Uh, So, no, there is no authority there, period. But we're going to have to send your son to military school. I'm sorry. Uh, As a principal, I have the authority. Yes. Uh, Uh, yes. And I'm going to use that authority. No. Uh, Yeah, no, I'm going to do it. So uh, I I legally can't search. I, can't, I legally can't search your child's locker, but I am going to make sure that he's psychologically evaluated. Uh, yeah, and he's going to go to Boston. Boston. Uh, he's going to go to Boston. Um, it's not cheap, but uh, yeah, it's the taxpayer about dollars anyway. So have fun. <laughs> go what see were the a filming locations game. for this? Cause I, I, I was having trouble placing the, the, the locale. Connecticut. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I mean... I think that was uh, the the vengeance thing really pissed me off. I, I knew that wasn't going to come up, say, because and the killer was killing women, right? When they uh, said he was, yeah, he was yeah, yeah, yeah. What was he vengeancing against? If that was vengeance, I mean, their vaginas, of course. How about yeah? How about why didn't why didn't he come back and start killing everybody's mothers that gave birth yeah, right. on that day? If he hates women so much, why is he going after the kids now? At least Freddy Krueger was a child molester, or supposedly. I mean, it's like, so when he comes back, yeah, I'm going to go after your kids. You know why? Because, uh, and I even, th- I even thought it made more sense for Freddy Krueger that um, that he wasn't really a child molester, that he was falsely accused. I was like, yeah, you know what? Now I am going to fuck with your kids. How about that? Yeah? Yeah? Because let's be fair, Freddy Krueger never fucks their children. And no. he waits until And he waits until they're teenagers, too. So if he really was a child molester, maybe he would just be fucking them in their dreams. <laughs> Doesn't that make more sense? Uh, it does. I, I, I think Freddy Krueger was falsely accused, but uh, being burned alive kind of like soured him a bit, <laughs> a, a little, tad. Just a little. Yeah. Oh, and by the uh, way, no, yeah. uh, no, no, fair, no fair portraying Christians as nut jobs, but repeatedly referring to voodoo without flinching. Yeah, they did that a lot. Yeah. Like, oh, what did your mother say about voodoo? Said, Hold on. Well, this is the same town that keeps calling the, the girl that prays a lot like a freak. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and and again, another film where the high school pool is completely accessible when there's no adult supervision at any time of the day. Cause yeah, I did notice that too. Because there can't be any kind of restrictions on a school that says, you know what, when there are no adults around, you can't have kids in there because, hey, <laughs> if they drown, you might be held liable. No, maybe not just, at all. Maybe they're all great swimmers, so they just don't worry about it. I, I guess. I guess. <laughs> No, no, I'm joking. And even, um, even though, and even the one death when they killed the religious girl, he kills her at the pool, right? The he slits her throat at the oh, pool. Oh no, no, it is at the pool. Yes, it's the pool. Right, and then so apparently drags her body all the way to the woods next to the river, next to the ambulance. Right. Now, and after he had slit her throat repeatedly, apparently managed to do so without leaving a massive trail of blood or blood at the school. Yeah, that is true. That I didn't even think of that. And then left it at the and then left it at the ambulance, hoping that someone would stumble upon it. Yeah, and considering that this person wants this to be found, um, you know, that's a big coincidence. I mean, she could have been there a month. They're already done with that ritual thing. There's no reason for anyone to go back. 
I kind I kind of gave up on writing notes after the uh, whole uh, after I realized that the whole film was a remake of Friday the Thirteenth. It's like a group of children being systematically hunted and murdered for the past transgressions of their parents that they lied about to them. Where have I heard this before? Uh, oh, come on, Wes. <laughs> and, you know, and you know what the weirdest thing is? What he's basically remaking Nightmare on Elm Street when he could have just beca- uh, done the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot the same year. Yeah, well. Same year they rebooted Nightmare. It's like, well, uh, it was like, oh, I know, uh, they're doing that. Maybe I'll just like try to rip off my own idea and, and see if I can compete against a remake of my own film. Wes. <sighs> now, all right, speaking, speaking of Wes. Yes. Speaking we of, can move on from My Soul to Take if you want to talk about other things. Yeah, let's let's rate it very very quickly. Yeah, we're uh, already uh, fifty minutes in almost. Yeah, no, right, very quickly. I don't think we have a lot to say. Uh, right no. now, it's four point eight on IMDb. I, I think four, four, four or five is. Yeah. I think. No, no, no not five. I think four, four is five. Is, no, I agree. You're right. It's it's below average. I I would I would be comfortable with a three even, but four or three, whatever you think. Uh, the three. All right. Due to the poor script. Due to um, incomprehensible soul idea, incomprehensible soul idea. Uh, and by the way, by the way, due to uh, to be honest, uh, a shitty, shitty, uh, like even look to the killer. Okay, I mean it's not even like he doesn't even look cool or menacing. It just it's just shitty. In a in a in a, in a massively majority white cast, the big thing about the the killer is. It has dreadlocks. Um, um, um. And slightly and, balding for some reason. Oh, oh <laughs> uh, by the way, ignoring the fact that none of these teenagers has access to a car, the blind black kid near the end of the film. I, I've got. I've got to bring this up. I'm sorry. I've got to bring it okay. up. All right. Uh, the, the, you're, you're in a whole, alert. Yeah. Fuck it. You're in you're in a, you're in a whole scream thing where they're hiding in the house and oh is the killer here is the killer there and Bug goes back up to his bedroom and there's you know bloody prints on the closet and he thinks it's the killer but no it's the black blind kid he's like what happened how'd you get here he says oh I came in through the window I thought I was told I should be, you know we should be here together so wait 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 I'm all for handy capable and that you know just because you have a handicap doesn't mean you're restricted from doing normal things. You're telling me the teenage black blind kid made it to this house on his own without a ride, without driving, because well, he's blind, obviously, but without <laughs> any kind of assistance, made it to this kid's house, and then climbed, climbed up, up the a fucking window, climbed up a rope to the second story window, and then and apparently everyone climbs through the window because they make it a point to say, "How'd you get in here?" And they're like just nonchalantly, "Oh, the window." This, this it's like, "Oh the yeah, the window." You do that all the time. I hate using the word trope. But is this, this Clarissa is the, explains it all? Jesus Christ. Yeah, I hate <laughs> I hate using the word trope, but this is the biggest fucking trope in films. Anything involving teenagers, this idea that kids continuously enter and exit their windows, their rooms through the fucking window. Have you, now, I never lived in a house where my bedroom window had a porch over it or a rose trellis. So that, and I was a large kid. Uh, but does... How common is this that this happens in every fucking film? Not, not every, at all. Who, no, what? I've never climbed through anyone's window. No one's no. ever climbed through mine. No, 
<laughs> no one's gonna no. fucking be climbing. None of my kids' friends are gonna be climbing through the window because that's fucking dangerous. And I don't have a twenty-seven foot ladder for you to do it. Now, to be fair, if you're a teenage girl, I'm assuming that may happen more often than for, for you know uh, an awkward teenage boy like myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have I a teenage girl. Or, right. Or, well, so <laughs> if, if you're if you're a teenage girl and you have had experience where yeah, as a kid, oh yeah, there were people climbing out of my window all the time. Please call the show and let us know, because I would like to be corrected on this. But yeah. to, to the best of my knowledge, this is not a common enough of occurrence where it should be happening in every fucking film ever made. <laughs> Especially to the point where blind kids are climbing through. Oh, I well, you know, I was told to come here and meet you, so I thought I'd climb through the window. Even the blind kids, not like you know, Miss Robinson. Yeah, I, I, I'm here. What's yeah. the, what the? It's like how come no one's using the front door? Obviously, I'm, no one's around. Why do you got to sneak sneak around and shit? I I'm a blind kid that that, that made it to a secluded house, not in a, in a major suburb, which means that you know I, I pretty much walked an abandoned road for at least half a mile. Uh, successfully. Yeah, you know, none of the stop signs or traffic lights has the the, the handicap like the they they have this uh, this thing on the lights and the stop signs where it makes this audible noise. That they, oh okay now it's house. safe to cross the street. Yeah, no, that's not going on around this area. How did he know he got to the house? Like his 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 cane hits the one mailbox. Oh, I recognize that sound. I'm at the right house. What the? Well, they made a point earlier in the film that he recognized the one girl just by the sound of her shoes. She's like, "Oh, you can hear that." And he's like, "Yeah." It's like yeah, they made yeah. it a point. It's like, yeah, he's very astute. Uh, yeah, you he, know, he's got superhero, superhuman, uh, hero, comic book hero like hearing because he's I, you know blind. I don't care if he's Daredevil. He can't hear root numbers. <laughs> Sorry, not happening. So, so what? And then, at the, and then the killer's like, "I, right, we're gonna blame all the killings on the blind kid." <laughs> what? <laughs> he's dead. He won't care. <laughs> the killer tells the killer tells the, the kid. He says, oh, "Here's the deal: either either we blame it on the blind kid, or I'm gonna kill you." I'm like, "Yeah, let's blame it on the blind kid. That's a wonderful plan." No one will ever think it was you actually trying to blame it on the blind dead kid. Yeah. Right. Like, that's actually a threat. He's black. Come on. Well, all right. You know what? That's true. I didn't take that into consideration. It probably would have floated. All right. Give it a... I was surprised that kid made it as long as he did, really. In that town, a blind black kid, he was obviously going to stumble into the wrong place at the wrong time, and they would have, you know. His first mistake? Having white friends. Look out, he's got a long, skinny, white gun. Wait! Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's... Uh, and then, no. what else does he say? He goes, yeah, your sister, Fang, she's got to die, too. That's part of the deal. It's like, why? <laughs> Fang! Why? Oh, but, yeah, so, yeah. Oh, oh and I love the end of the film. Are you, the are you very... You convinced me. Three stars. Yeah, the 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 very very end. We're since we were spoiler alert. The very end of the film, the one kid bug, he he becomes like the hero of the town, and why? Because his his sister explained it all. It's like oh oh okay. You know what you know what that was? That was one of their major rewrites because the test audiences were like, yeah, this ending sucks. Like okay, we have to, we have to give him a happy ending. So. <laughs> I I have not seen the alternate ending, uh, so I have no idea what it is. But I'm pretty sure it's fucking gay. Yeah. Um, oh, and do you know the since the the scene is on the principal? Do you know who that who that guy is? 
I do. I looked it up because I was He's, like, I uh, he him. normally had has full beard, but in his uh, his later years he doesn't. He was in like Batteries Not Included. Dream he played Team. Dream, Dream Team. Team. He was he the was psychiatrist. psychiatrist. He played yeah. the the the, the ex boyfriend in Crocodile Dundee two, yes, uh, yes. in the beginning of the movie. That guy. And when he cut off his beard, he lost his acting power, and now he's in shit like this. <laughs> he should grow that beard back. I don't care if you have to if you have I, to color it <laughs> black. I, I agree totally. Yes. Uh, so three stars. Oh fuck yeah. Okay, three stars it is. I'm not gonna. It's like I was fully prepared to go to jail that night, but my my sister explained it all, and no, <laughs> I don't have to know. It's like oh, is that how the court system works out there? All right, yeah, real, because real they quick. just like guys like yeah, the, you know, serial killer like you dude, said. Uh, dude. yeah, he's got to be dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> dude, these are the same people. And I think he's dead, and he only jumped up two or three times and killed a bunch of other people beforehand. Let's just let's just leave him as it is. Well, I love it when uh, when they in the beginning they stab the guy stabs him with the epipen. He goes, "Got an epi?" He's like, "Oh yeah," he stabs him with it, and he's like, "Yeah, that rules." When he got up, <laughs> it's like, wait, I don't care. what? I don't care how professional you are. The second time the guy jumps up after supposedly being dead and kills somebody, you just empty your clip into their fucking head. I, I'm sorry. That's a. Yeah, I don't that's, care. that's what and, you do. At a certain point, if you can kill black children with uh, aren't armed because they look menacing, then why can't we? <laughs> the, 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 the serial, the, the notorious serial killer who just killed three people, as a, uh, well, obviously, Your Honor, it was self-defense. Come on, Wes. Um, real quick. The highest rating IMDb is five at seventeen point nine percent. Highest rating females under eighteen gave the six stars on average. Oh God! Uh, very very bad sign there. The lowest for demographics is males aged thirty to forty four. That's us. Four point five mm. average. And IMDb staff one gave it one star. All right, okay, you guys want me back with that one? You're you're, you're getting a little better. <laughs> The fact that only one of you guys... It, it, sh- watched- it shouldn't be hard for this. This, this is a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, but All right, you guys you guys got... You gained a little bit of ground with me on that. I don't hate you as much now, but we'll wait till the next one. Um, yeah, so, I mean, Wes Craven. I, I open the floor to you, sir. <laughs> He's dead. He's dead, Jim. I mean, talking about his films. That's obviously what I mean. Oh, his films? All right. Uh, I mean, uh, what was what's the first film he ever did? What is it? Last House on the Left. Last House on the Left, which you do not like. Uh, yeah, I was not a fan of that. Uh, I never was a fan of that. Um, although maybe revisiting it later, you know, now that I'm older, I might. I I know I won't, still won't like it, but I might have a little bit more respect for it. Well, let me let me set you up with this because the re- reason I like it is that there was a whole genre at that point coming out that Wes Craven kind of really you know spearheaded was the kind of feel bad horror films where yeah. there was not a there was no happy ending they were exploitation cinema, mm-hmm. um, and they had a kind of moral to them in some sense, but they didn't have really what you would call a happy ending, um, and the, I mean the big thing with Last House on the Left was it was a vengeance flick which was not new at the time. But at the end, it wasn't like, yeah, at the end, yeah, we killed all the bad guys. We feel good. The parents at the end of the film were like, oh, my God, look what we did. You know, we, <laughs> this was this was horrible. This was, like, like, even the winners, like, yeah, we didn't win. 
So, I mean, yeah, on yeah, that nobody respect, won. Now, another thing, weird thing about Last House of the Left is because of when it was shot, if you read, like, Video Watchdog and other areas and read other books about it, there's, like, 20 different cuts of this film. Because theater out outlets would get this film, and they would just recut it for the distribution. It's amazing. Uh, for video and stuff. I mean, and, and oddly enough, a lot of the cuts depend on how long the chicken truck scene is. <laughs> if, if it's a... Sh it's... You read a lot of this stuff and say, all right, you can tell you have this cut if the chicken truck scene only lasts three minutes, but if it lasts seven minutes, then you know you've got this cut. It's very weird. <laughs> did uh, uh, did Wes Craven ever do like a definitive director's cut uh, on that? No. No, I don't think he... I don't think Wes Craven ever really revisited anything he did in the past. I don't think he ever... I mean, he wasn't involved in the reboot of uh chase of freddy he didn't do any of the sequels he really just did the first film and then washed mm -hmm. his hand of it which we oddly enough seems to be par for the course i mean didn't uh um carpenter do the same thing with halloween like he did the first one and then was like yeah you know maybe i'll come back for the last one he did the first one and he was only uh, i believe executive producer on the second one and then that was right. it. He, sever he severed ties completely yeah, I mean, it's almost like these guys didn't want to... It's like they made their money on it, because that's what they were trying to do, and they had no interest in, like, buying into this franchise deal. And now, to be fair, back at the time, I don't think anybody predicted that there'd be a dozen of these movies coming out over... I, I don't think that any of them thought that they'd still be making Michael Myers or Freddy films in the year 2000, let alone right. in the 80s. Mm -hmm. You know, they, it, it was it was for the short dollar they were looking for. These guys were were, all right. You know, they're artists to an extent, but they were businessmen. They were money. Low budget horror film was where how you make the money back then and even now. Um, even more so now it seems. Yeah. Holy shit! Now, I, now ironically, a low budget I, I, film these days you could have a micro budget and it, it, it even it, at the very least it looks great. Yeah, well, except for maybe the gallows. Um, well. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you know you're right. I mean, shitty, you could have a shitty budget right now, and it's still the, the production value is still way above whatever you could get away with back then. Super uh, nice. Just because just of technology. Uh, now, yeah. Ironically, for, for me, the Last House on the Left, being Wes Craven's first film, it's also what I consider one of the weakest remakes to come out of those '80s films. Um, I like the remake. I like it more than the original. Oh, um, I liked it. I just I think it's weaker than the original because instead of in the original, the whole idea is the, the parents learn that these people killed their daughter, so they, they decide to um, kill them. Like, they made a conscious decision. In the remake, they turned it into, oh, the daughter's still alive, and now we have to kill them so we can get escape. So they made it a survival film instead of a revenge film, and that took away the edge that really made the, that film so such a cult classic, I felt. Yeah, um, but I, I think they were just trying to do something a little different from the original. Right. And, and I respect that only for the reason that if you're going to remake a film and you remake it the exact same way, I think that, to me, kind of takes a little bit away from it. They try I, to make it their own film a little bit with that. I, I totally agree with you. That's always been my argument for remakes. However, I feel like i can tell the difference between a change made to take a different approach and a change made to be more acceptable and i i felt the the big catch of the last house on the left like you're gonna change a lot of stuff about the movie the big the big thing about it the thing that made it a cult classic was it's like like let's take the remake of evil dead 
the big thing that made that film classic was is like a weird little film about people and it had a weird shit happening. It was it was, and they weren't going. A lot of people criticized the Evil Dead remake because it wasn't campy. The first one wasn't trying to be campy. Evil Dead Two, yes. Evil Dead One, they were trying to make a serious horror film. I, I just really feel that like Last House on the Left, they were like, oh, you know what? We really have to. If if we have these parents just killing people, it's you're not gonna you're not gonna like them as much. It for me it was a wishy washy change, and they they managed to remake. Uh, I spit on your grave changed things around it changed it a lot but it was still the premise it's a revenge flick yeah i mean no, no, even, yeah. even even uh even uh the hills have eyes they changed a lot of shit around they added you know added weird shit now granted there's nothing more weird than west craven's thing where these guys are in like living in the in the middle of the desert wearing uh fur underwear running around killing people <laughs> so there you really can't get the whole idea of like a, a nuclear test site where people are still living less weird than that yeah. Uh, but they still managed to keep the same concept and made it still as brutal. I, I just, it's the only remake of these films from that time period that I thought that was just, um, they softened it. Yeah. And then I do have to mention had, something. Yeah. No, this has nothing to do with what you're talking about. So if you want to finish, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> all, all I was gonna say was like, like they even tried the makeup for it at the end of after the credits at the uh, uh, in the last house on the left by throwing in the whole microwave scene. Say, like, oh, see, here's some vengeance. So yeah, you already you blew it though. You're already too late. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I remember that showed, scene. Yeah, and they showed it in the trailer. So what the fuck? Yeah, great reveal. There was a Dick. scene in the woods where uh, the one girl, Brittany, she um, there's a scene <laughs> in the woods where she's getting chased, and then she reaches into her purse and she finds uh, Bugs' phone, and she tries oh, to yeah. use it to call nine one one, and uh-huh. it's busy. If you have an emergency, leave a message. <laughs> I don't think that's how nine one one works. I think that was Wes trying to be funny. <laughs> Call me crazy. Um, it just occurred to me. Uh, as far as like uh, Wes Craven dying and us doing the show, our first episode uh, involved last uh, the uh, last house on the left. First one ever. I believe either the first or the second one because. Our first or second episode, we had a lengthy debate about the uh, wet yourself scene where the the girl is forced to urinate in her pants. Mm, and I think that's why we talked about rabid dogs too. Yeah, that was around the same time period. I think that, I think we were reviewing rabid dogs, and, we, and then we and we ended up talking about Last House on the Left. Memories in because the corner of my mind. I remember. I remember. <laughs> remember one of my, my personal favorite lines was that was. Uh, um, Something about uh, forced urination. Yes. Like if you're, if you, I can't remember the exact quote either now, but it was it was all about forced urination and about how if it's done tastefully, you know. <laughs> yes, we talked about forced urination in episode one and two. I remember because uh, writing the, over. <laughs> uh, writing the the description for the episodes. For, I, I think I, episode one says, you know, forced urination, and then in the second episode, forced urination, yet again, or something like that. It kept coming up. What do you Or want? like for the second straight episode, we talk about forced urination. Because I think, because the actress claimed that like the uh, Wes and, uh, actually made her uh, pee herself during the filming, and then everybody else was like, no, we had a sponge, we rigged it up for her. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because rabbit dogs had a forced urination scene, and I was comparing it to the forced urination in that because I thought the forced urination scene in rabbit dogs was was more tasteful. Hmm. 
Because at least they let, let her remove her panties first. You know, there was a bit more compassion involved in the, in the forced urination. Right. Yeah. But the, or, and you need been compassion. More you need compassion. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So I mean, they 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 won up to West on that one. Yeah. Yeah. All and, right. Moving yeah. on. Now I was just gonna move on to some other films. Yeah. 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 Uh, Swamp Thing. That's another uh-huh. film that he did. All right. All right. You can't gloriously bad in the in the early eighties. You can't blame him for Swamp Thing because comic book films, because of Superman, comic book films were coming about, right? Oh, I like Swamp Thing. Well, <laughs> I'm not, not blaming good, him for Swamp Thing. It's not no, a good movie, not, though. It's not a good movie. No. And let's be fair. To, let's be fair to him. Superman. I mean, when did Superman come out? Was that seventy nine? Was 70, that eighty? No, Superman came out seventy eight. Seventy eight. Okay, I was close. So Superman's out. I was like, oh, let's do comic book films. Let's do, you know, and then they're like they're doing the TV show ripoffs and w- weird shit like that. And then, so they stick West with Swamp Thing, which, if you ever read Swamp Thing in the 80s, it was, like, more like this Alan Moore, like, just bizarre drug trip. There was no way you could, there's there's nothing to do with it. (laughs) So, so like, he had to take this, he he couldn't do anything with Swamp Thing that Alan Moore was doing with Swamp Thing at the time period. And, all right, I I need to make an action film or a superhero film, but with a guy that's, like, a plant. And uh, <laughs> and I, I guess we have to do it in the swamp because he's the swamp thing. Why would we have him in the city? And that and we're fucking and we're already doomed. We're we're already fucking doomed. It's all downhill from here. So I, it, it's just my a two weird... favorite scenes. Two favorite scenes in Swamp Thing. Oh, the all-time favorite from when I was a kid. Will never get it out of my head. The one scene where the guy from Last House on the Left, because he's also because he's a Wes Craven guy, he was in Swamp Thing, where I say. he gets his head crushed, <laughs> exactly, and just blood is oozing from the fingers of right. Swamp Thing crushing his head. All right, me watching that film as a kid, that that crushing head scene. Cut to the shots of uh, the little kid from The Shining when he's like watching the murder. <laughs> yeah, that 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 fucking haunted me forever too. You're right. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's burned in my head as well, Joey. But not Never, as a fond ever. memory. Yeah, that's, it is. My second. No, no, that's that's right. That's right up there, burned into my synapses, right along with like Watership Down, with like the foam bloody mouth rabbits trying to claw over each other while my mother's yeah. in the kitchen. Watch the cartoon, sweetie. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, I just recently added to my collection the Plague Dogs. Yes, which is the same author and the uh, the same author that wrote Watership Down with the same director that directed the film Watership Down, which mm-hmm. I've never seen. But the cut that I have is from the director's personal collection, uh, completely restored, even though some of it is damaged. So it is the uncut uh, version of the film. We'll have to compare to see if I have the same cut. Now you're you're never going to show those to your children ever, 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 ever. Correct? I feel that it's a rite of passage at some point. Okay, but not till they're in high school. For the love of God, don't make the same mistakes our parents did. <laughs> you no, know? um, I'm not. I'm not even kidding. I remember my mother. Oh look, there's a cartoon about rabbits. You watch this while I'm in the kitchen, and then later it's like, ah. Like, but in my head, in my, you know, as a kid, I'm just like sitting there, like watching. But in the back of my brain, I'm like, no. And, like, uh, I, I have the exact same memory. <laughs> I, I'm going to talk. Yeah. To, I'm going. I'm going to visit my parents this weekend. I'm bringing it up with my mother, saying, you know what? 
You fucked me at childhood. It's all your fault. This is why. Watership down. You know, it's funny. Uh, my sister and sister-in-law and brother-in-law, their tattoo shop, it's called the, the Rabbit's Den. Great um, shop. Got my, uh, uh, got this one there. Yeah. Uh, horish plug right there. It's uh, 120 Main Street in Milltown, New Jersey. Well, anyway, it was funny. Uh, when they were opening the shop, they were looking for decor uh, for the shop. And I said, you know what you need? You need a movie poster of Watership Down. Because it's got this great silhouette of the rabbit on there. And Mayor's sister, she tells me, oh yeah, Tom already ordered it. Just like, there you go. It's like, there you go. If you didn't have it, I was going to make you get it. But he already got it. That's awesome. And it's prominently in the back. It's over by, um, it's not one of, near one of the tattoo stations. It's near one of the computers. But it's All there. Right. All right, second favorite scene in Swamp Thing. Second. Number two. When he gets his arm cut off and then later is chained in the dungeon area and there's just a little beam of sunlight coming in and he's able to reach his arm into that said uh, sunbeam and grow another arm. (laughs) Will be burned in my retinas forever. Ever, Uh, ever, ever. Just as traumatic as when the, the they, they they make the, the they they surreptitiously slip the swamp thing juice into the uh, bald guy's drink and he's like, because oh. <laughs> then he becomes the midget and he trips the, he trips the he trips the monster at the end is like ah uh, have a nice trip see you next fall <laughs> like wait a minute I get that <laughs> I see what you did there even as a uh, kid I was giddy uh, now to this day I have never seen the hills have eyes part two. Me neither. I, I just recently grabbed the copy of it, though, and I will be watching it. All I know is that the film was notorious for being so bad that the dog in the film has a flashback. <laughs> really? The first film, yes. That's one of the most notorious. Whenever you read a review about the film being bad, they will mention the fact that it's so bad, the dog from the first film has a flashback. Oh, here's a scene where the, the psychiatrist delivers the baby. Um, I mean, it was very valiant of him to deliver that kid with the bullet in his head. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I missed that. I think at that point I was just kind of losing it. So I'm glad you picked up on that because I totally, I totally missed that. It's like that guy is so fucking dead, yet he's <laughs> cutting a baby out of her. <laughs> oh my god! And there's, there's no way there could have been a t- passage of time. He walked in the door. He said, Get, "Show him some compassion." And well, and the thing him. is, the, the cop, he says to the serial killer, because uh, he's on the ground, he goes, yeah, you missed the baby. It, because they looked at the mother's stomach, which is still extended. The baby's still right. in there. It's like, okay, there, when was this baby there. delivered? Because yeah. the, 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 the psychiatrist is killed immediately. <laughs> so so they, either did it, they either did it somewhere in, the spa- in, in a space there that, makes, that there's no room for, or they did it after the cop took two to the chest. Well, right, and, and and the other cop had her throat slit in the ambulance, and she says, "We got to get this mother to the hospital." It's like, okay, come on, come on, Wes. Why? Why would they have to get her to the hospital? They just cut a baby out of her corpse. I'm pretty sure there's no coming back from that. That's right. Like, I, I, because I don't think I, I don't know. I, I don't think the paramedics. I think if you're cutting a baby out there at that point, that the mother's a lost cause. I hate to say that, but I think that's yeah, the assumption. Well, well, Otherwise, I which it's, I don't. It's know. it's accurate though. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on, I mean, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, 
which you know we did talk about the franchise a little bit. Yeah, and give give credit where credit's due. He launched, uh, he launched an entire um, franchise that lasted into this decade. Um, yeah. Uh, he I, he obviously he had copyright to it. He's he's listed as writer throughout it, so he got kickbacks, residuals, were anything Freddy that came out, and a lot of Freddy shit. Even the TV show, Freddy's Nightmares. Uh, there were lunch boxes. There's been, you know, Freddie was a major fucking cultural icon. So, uh, yeah. and, uh, oddly enough, uh, just like Jared, uh, child molester that became a major part of America's uh, advertising campaigns. You know. Yeah. You know what's funny too? It's like I you said, always knew there's something wrong with that motherfucker. By the way. Oh yeah. Jared, I oh I always hated him. I knew there was something wrong. Yeah, with him. yeah, that guy. Whew, yeah. That guy is not gonna get treated well in prison. And, and, yeah, and and again, it's weird that like like Wes Craven really had nothing to do with his his uh, Freddy after the first one. He just kind of like let it go and but kept taking residuals or whatever. Oh yeah. Um, well, it's like I, you I, said. It's funny you said you know that they had you know Freddy Krueger lunch boxes and everything. It's such a different time now. Um, there's this, and I don't know how real it is, but it's, it's the internet. Which fuck the internet, man. Fuck Facebook. Uh, fuck internet memes. It just, it's the fucking worst. Um, there's this one, uh, it's been going around on Facebook where the mother gets a letter sent home because the daughter brings a Wonder Woman lunchbox to school. I, and, I saw that. I and saw it's like, that. Did, did, please make sure that she does not bring this lunchbox. It, it, you know, it's, it, it depicts violent images. It's like, you know what? Son of a bitch. There's Freddy Krueger lunchboxes. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth lunchboxes, Halloween lunchboxes, right. just comic book fucking lunchboxes. Just up the wazoo as I was growing up, and not one single person complains. I'm everyone now is just waiting to be offended about anything. It's it's everyone is bored. That's what I'm it is. Gonna, and the internet, gonna, Facebook, is part of the problem. Half the shit the isn't fucking real. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, no, 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 no. I, I kept stepping on you. I'm going to say the same thing I say whenever this shit comes up at schools, and your wife will agree with me 100%. Blame the parents. The only reason yeah. the schools give a shit about the lunchbox with Wonder Woman on it is because some car- parent is going to bitch that their kid was exposed to a woman's thighs while she was punching a man. That I hate to that, agree with that, but yeah, that's true. It's it's always one dip. Hey, look, Anne Frank's vagina. What else do I it have to say? It's always going to be... Yeah, it's trending. There's always going to be one outraged parent. I mean, again, I'm surprised that the shit. I mean, in high school, I had a noose in my locker. I was a big splinter. I, 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 I remember that. Yeah, I mean, I had skulls. I had noose. The fact that I made it through high school without being uh, sent to Boston for psychological evaluations is beyond <laughs> me. Really, the principal had that power. He could have done it. He had, he had that power and the right. And I, and, I, and I would draw my uh, comment before. Apparently, Wes Craven does have a screenplay credit on scre- on Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors, as well. Uh, but he's, he's one of four, uh-huh. so I don't know what he did, how involved he was in that, but he did have more maybe than Maybe they asked for some input, and he just cleaned it up a bit. Possibly, or maybe he was involved at the beginning and said, you know what, I'm out. I, I, I don't know enough about it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but if you look at, I, now I'm looking at his writing credits. I, I don't really care about his directing that much because I don't think he's a phenomenal director. I don't think he does anything too no. amazing. But after like Hills Have Eyes and Nightmare, he really doesn't do anything until uh, Serpent like, in the Rainbow for me. Well, 
Um, I thought that was a pretty solid film. It was. A, jumping, it was you're, a. You're jumping what? the gun. You're jumping what? the gun. Oh, okay. Deadly friend. Well, he, he didn't. He didn't write uh, *Serpent in the Rainbow*. He just directed that. Yeah. And so that's why I think that's why I think it's one of his strongest movies. The, uh, you know, what? I'll give you that. Uh, and I think the one pro I think the reason that film didn't do as well is because uh, Wes Craven's name was on it, and people were expecting, you know, and it deals with hallucinations, like oh, it's like a Freddy Krueger thing, and it wasn't really, you know, right. it was, you know, um, but the, the, the no, that it was, was like it was a total voodoo type, you know, type crazy shit with that, right? So that was 1988, and that's the same. Uh, and then the next year, he came out with um, uh, Shocker. Shocker. Which is coming out on Blu-ray this coming Tuesday, oh, September eighth. Yeah. Shout Factory, God Shout bless Factory. them, motherfuckers. God yeah. bless them, guys. We want to advertise for you. Fucking answer our emails, <laughs> motherfucker. Uh, I, I think I am gonna reach out to them, but I will wait after the holiday weekend because no one's gonna read it if I do. If the, if if now is the time that I decide, uh, you know what? Let me reach out. No, this is not the time. It's next send a, week. Send them a link to this show, and they can hear this. Uh, Joe, my my uh, my girlfriend's fifteen uh, year old daughter is is weirdly obsessed with the eighties, and she actually at a yard sale found the eighties Trivial Pursuit game, and she made really? us play it. Yeah, oh, she made she us must play have it. Lost horribly. She did because she's the only one because she's the only one that didn't grow up in the eighties. She thinks because she likes the eighties, she knows what the fuck they were. She doesn't. Yeah, no, 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 no. So one of the questions she I got, can't wait to play that. <laughs> all right, you, hit me. Come on. When you, when you come down, we'll all play with her. She, she, she would love it. Uh, but when we're playing it, one of the questions she got, and I don't remember the exact phrase in the question, but I knew the answer, and I was angry because she didn't know it. The answer was Manimal, the TV show. Oh. And, and then the week later, Shout Factory releases their, uh, announces that they're releasing Manimal and Auto Man, the complete series on, on Blu-ray. Yeah. Holy fuck. Did you ever think Manimal and An Auto Man would ever get a Blu-ray release? I didn't think Manimal and Auto Man would ever get released, let alone Blu-ray. God bless Holy Shout shit. Factory. Yeah, they're they're the they're fucking the best. They are reliving the '80s for us. God bless them. Yeah, there's got to uh, be people in our age bracket, or even maybe a little older, that run that place. Mm. Have to be. Uh, it's, it's just it's amazing the shit they're coming out with and again shocker blu-ray special edition and they always have the great uh uh original art on their blu-ray special editions right for everyone and they uh if you order them from them uh in advance you can get the posters i have the poster for the uh phantom of the opera it was like the first blu-ray i bought in over like two years wow. i got that for them in advance i got the nice phantom of the opera poster hand painted uh very nice uh, no, anyway, they're, they're um, great. yeah. So I so, mean, a after after he did Nightmare on Elm Street, he kind of coasted for five years, just letting everybody else, you know, do his stuff. And you know, he's probably involved in that whole Freddy Krueger, you know, experience in the in the uh, the culture as it was. But he, well, he you know, shocked. A, he only took a two year break before he did Deadly Friend. But he just directed that. Deadly Friend? Oh, you're talking about writing too. Yeah, well, no, no, Deadly Friend. Yeah, the Deadly Friend was '86. He didn't write Deadly Friend. I, I'm weird. I'm kind of looking at his writing career because when he's directing film, I, I, I see a little difference. I mean, when you're talking about Wes Craven as the man who created Freddy Krueger and and brought this nightmare to life, I'm looking at the films that he wrote as well as directed or wrote gotcha. and didn't direct. So, I mean, okay. yeah. So we're looking at him from different angles. You're seeing him as a director. Like, oh yeah, Deadly Friend came out. 
He's yeah. and that and that was eighty six. That was just that. That was a uh, couple years after just, Nightmare. Yeah, so he's not doing Freddy Krueger two, but he's doing the the the, the movie where the, the midget gets killed with a basketball. So what the <laughs> fuck, Wes? I, you know, it, it's like this weird thing. Like he's, it's weird that he's. It almost feels like he's trying not to be captured by this thing, this monster he created, and it's doing way better than anything he's doing. Right. Yeah. Now, Shocker, I love Shocker. I wonder we, why we, Serpent in the Rainbow is such a. It's a well-made movie too. Um, if you look at his other types of work, it is. Serpent in the Rainbow is completely different than just about anything he's ever done. You know what my theory is? Here, here's my theory. Up until 1988, when he did Serpent Rainbow, he's doing he's doing the 70s gorilla exploitation cinema. Right. He does Nightmare on Elm Street, and Nightmare on Elm Street becomes a fucking phenomenon. Who fucking knew? You know? Yeah. Uh, they start doing the sequels, and they're doing the TV show, and they're doing fucking lunchboxes, and they're doing MTV appearances for the third film. Holy shit, who knew? Meanwhile, I'm doing Deadly Friend and shit. I and so he's getting all this build up as oh Wes Craven the master of horror. I think that um, uh, that that Serpent Rainbow was his bid to do mainstream. I like oh here's my break into Hollywood. And right, he did you know it. that's probably yeah. I mean, because if you just even look at the cinematography of that yeah. film, it's totally different than anything he's done. And I think what happened with that was that it didn't do as well as anybody expected. Yeah, no, I it think, didn't, didn't do well at all. No, and I think the problem was that anybody that was a Wes Craven fan at that point was expecting Freddy Krueger, and anybody that wasn't a Wes Craven fan expected Freddy Krueger. Krueger, and so, you know, people that went to see what he did didn't like it, and people that didn't like what he did didn't go to see it. And so I, I think I got vast. He got caught in that weird in the middle, and so after that, I think he was like, if you look at that after that. He gave up after that. Like, okay, I'm gonna do Shocker now. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna stick into horror films. Uh, you know, after that we're doing. Then after that, I'm doing People Under the Stairs, folks. That's right, People Under Stairs. Fuck you yeah, all. It's a fucking terrible movie. Also being released by uh, Shout Factory Special Edition this year. God, is it really? Yes. And that was another one of his, written and produced by. Um, I I still I, I saw that in the theater. God, I did you really? The all I remember is at the end. Is when they blow up the house and the silver's raining down. I'm just like, distribution of wealth. Fuck you. <laughs> that's not even. Be, that's not a, even. Even my my teenage horror film adult mind. I was like, that's not even close to subtle motherfucker. <laughs> wow. That, yeah. I, I think that film would have been great if a if a black person actually wrote it and directed it. In fact, that like Wes Craven wrote and directed it. Right. Like yeah, you know. It, 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 yeah, you're 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 teaching a lesson that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Man, uh, uh. yeah, but I, I agree with you. I th I think I think I, I think if um, Serpent in the Rainbow had gotten more acclaim or made more money, that West might have taken a totally different route. But instead, he just fell back into okay. Well, I guess I'm fucked as a horror director for the rest of my life, so I'll do. Uh, you know, I'll I'll do people under the stairs, and I'll do Shocker, and uh, and then we'll direct shit like Vampire in Brooklyn. What oh, the f fuck was that? I just I just looked at it. The IMDb rating on that is four point four. Yeah, but then, then out of nowhere, because he didn't write it, he directed it. 
he did Scream, which became its own horror franchise. And that first Scream film, it was like he'd kind of... No, no, kind of, he he kind of been, uh, it was kind of shunned. It's like he's not directing anything good anymore. Uh, he's back lost up, it, and then he does scream. What? Back up just a little bit. I, I want to lead up the scream because there's a slow progression there. Ninety-one of those people under the stairs, right? Yeah. Then uh, Vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah, but no, before New that, Nightmare. He, but before that, he came back and did the Freddy Krueger film, New Nightmare. Yeah. So he came out and said, "You know what? All right, I'll come back and do a Freddy Krueger film." Because it's going to be the last. They promised me, so I'll do this. Yeah, right. Uh, and he does that to kind of break back in. And what happens? I mean, nothing. It's, a, it's another Freddy Krueger film. Everybody's used to it by now. Then he does the fucking Vampire in Brooklyn bullshit. Uh, so, I mean, Scream is this weird thing. I, 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 I saw Scream in the theater three times because I saw it and I dragged other people to see it. I took Doug to see it. I said, Doug, you need to see this film. Come with me. I was blown away by it. Scream is the weirdest thing because it's not a parody. It's not a satire. Right. Even though some people will describe it as it is not a satire. It's a weird homage that manages to poke fun at all the cliches of horror films. And let's be fair, a lot of the cliches that they're talking about don't appear in a lot of Freddy Krueger films or a lot of Wes Craven's films. He only did one Freddy film. He didn't make like 20 slasher films. Right. He made one Freddy Krueger film. He spawned it. So it, he's not even guilty of half of the tropes that are kind of displayed in the Scream films. But he kind of went back and did an homage to this genre that he helped create. And in in doing so, not only spawned a new genre, but it spawned the new spin-off genre of the parody films making fun of the homage films. Right, right. Scary now here's scary the movie. <laughs> Here here's the thing I love about this. Wes Craven does an homage to horror films that he helped create. The original title of the film is Scary Movie. That's why at the end, when she's when the reporter's talking, she says, It's just like a scene out of a scary movie. That was supposed to be ha ha, there's the, the name of the film. They changed it to Scream. The films uh. that decided the parody scream Use the original title of Scream, Scary Movie. Scary Movie. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. I That's fun. I find that fucking amazingly humorous. And the fact that both of those films, Scream and Scary Movie, spawned countless sequels and lasted lo far longer than they should have. Oh, yeah. I mean, Craven I, directed all of them. Yeah. I'm so, I mean, Wes Craven. I mean, and, and I, think it's, I think it's him waking up, too. It's like, okay, you know what? I let go of Freddy Krueger. I let other people do that. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna be the one behind this until it, it dies. Yeah. You know, here's I mean, my friend. Scream Four is the last thing he directed, which was four years ago. Uh, and I, I, and I would hazard too. I I think honestly, I feel that just like the first Freddy Krueger film, there's no way that they made that first Freddy Krueger film and predicted like a ten film franchise, a whole cultural thing. It was just the one film. I really don't think he made Scream with any intention of ever doing a sequel. Probably not. Just, just by the that, way the, the first film ends. I, I don't think that film... I don't think anybody thought that film would do as well as it did, but it just tapped this weird nerve of yeah, not only 100, people... 100 million dollars. No, yeah. no, one, no one expected it. No, I mean, but it was... I think it tapped the same nerve with me because it, it managed to do two things simultaneously. It poked fun at all the, the cliches and tropes 
of uh, slaughter, slaughter films from the 80s on up, but at the same time didn't look down on them and still retain that same kind of fun and uh, fascination with the genre. So it, it simultaneously man- managed to poke fun at it, but still t- give it respect. That is a trick that that he and the screenwriters fucking uh, hats off. The fucking they pulled it off perfectly. Yeah, you know, oh, it was a great movie. All the, now all the sequels after that, whatever. You know, now you're just people want to see more. You're gonna make more. Great, good for them. They made their money, but you know, and I, I'd be lying if I said I've, I've seen much of Wes Craven's after that. Um. Well, I we just watched my soul to take, which I had not seen until you challenged until uh, we talked about it. Right. Oh, you know what? You know what movie I did like that he that he that he made that movie what? Red Eye. I have not seen it. I just the one I with Cillian read... Murphy and Rachel McAdams. I, I it's just not a horror it. film. It's just a, an intense thriller. Sure. I just very good the... movie. I was just I thinking will... about it today. I will be watching it in the week up to come. I just grabbed it. I just grabbed that and Cursed, which I heard is god-awful. Yeah, I, I didn't want to bother with that one. But uh, Red Eye, I, re- I just realized today, because of what we were challenging, you know, we were reviewing tonight, it's like, I don't have, I don't own Red Eye. I need to get it. I liked it quite a bit. I, I find it, I find it um, bittersweet that Wes Craven died just as they're releasing Scream, the television series. Ugh. Which, which, uh, is sad. You think Wes Craven gets his own montage at the Oscars? No. Uh, no, he just, he'll, he'll be just prominently displayed. They're gonna, they're gonna show him during the Dead People montage, definitely. Well, they yeah. gotta, they better, they fucking better. Of course they have to. Uh, you know, but. It, you know, it's the constant thing, though. Horror films are not recognized by the Academy. Uh, sci-fi gets a lot more slack than horror films do. Horror films are still looked at as like the black sheep of the film industry. They're still looked at as, hey, you know what? You know what? Rightfully so, to an extent. Yeah, there's you know a lot of it's based on the exploitation cinema, uh, but but there's a lot of fucking brilliant horror films out there. And it's it's uh, it's like when I was shopping my books around to local bookstores, and I would take like uh, perform my Lugosi and Monster Rally, and right. they say, "Yeah, you know what? Our you know horror is not really a very popular thing." Say, like, "Oh, really? Yeah. What's that film that's like number one in the box office this year? Twilight? Fuck you! Really? <laughs> you, you know why horror doesn't sell well for your store? Because you've got two shelves of horror back in the back, and eighty percent of it is Dean Koontz and Stephen King fucking reprints, asshole." Maybe you're, maybe if you weren't selling shit that was written twenty years ago, and I could buy it at a bookstore at a yard sale for five cents, you'd be selling a little more horror. Uh, there, there is the, there is a bias towards horror that that is to this day unfounded and illogical, hmm. considering the mass amount of money that horror films, horror films, and horror literature still make on a regular basis with the mass, you know. But everybody turns their nose at it, and you know, saw is like, oh, it's torture porn. Yeah, because because other films don't have like you know, suffer, human suffering in them. Yeah, uh, yeah, I went to see that uh, that Prometheus Aliens ripoff. Yeah, there was no pain and suffering in that film at all, right? No, no, just <laughs> people. There were people systematically hunted down and killed, but it was an alien. It wasn't a guy with a knife, so of course it's much better. Fuck you. 
I'm sorry, that was a little rant there. Let's go back. A little, little. Yeah, we're running long too. <laughs> well, I'm almost out of whiskey, so we're good. Oh, uh, okay. I'm I'm pretty much out of. I'm I'm uh. drinking melted ice at this point. <laughs> Nice. I mean, honestly, uh, as far as West Craven goes, I mean, I I think he peaked. You're you're right. I mean, artistically, I think I think he peaked with uh, Serpent and the Rainbow. Yeah. And I I, th- I think um, the only thing that saved him was Scream. Was Scream. So, and, and he threw and, in Red Eye. I mean, he threw in Red Eye in there, uh, where because after Scream he did you know two and three, and it was just kind of like ah oh, all right he's kind of peaked again and then he comes out with Red Eye. It's like wow Red Eye was genuinely a really good movie, and then you know that, and then he just does Scream Four and my my soul to take and then it's like ooh, it's like yeah that, that obviously um, well. That was a mistake. Yeah, but and again, I have to point out again, looking from a writer, because when you say, "Oh, Wes Craven, the king of horror," he, he's he's original. He has come up with stuff. I mean, again, in, in the beginning, he's writing all his own stuff. Last House on Left Hills Have Eyes, Deadly Blessing, which I still haven't seen. It's on my list. I got a copy of that too. Mm-hmm. I have, somehow I kept missing Deadly Be- Blessing, uh, Deadly Friend. No, Deadly Blessing. Yes, uh, I love Deadly Blessing. Uh, I don't because of the. Uh, if you go to IMDb, he, he, here's the here's the 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 uh, the uh, um, synopsis. synopsis synopsis. This film is set in Amish country at a local farm, where a woman's husband is mysteriously killed by his own tractor. That's it. <laughs> How have I not seen this film? <laughs> that's, that's the kind of shit he was doing back in the seventies and eighties. You know, oh up to Swamp Thing, which. And Swamp Thing was his first break into Hollywood, really, because it's his first, like, you know, oh, here's a major, here's, here's a, here's, you know, here's a, uh, a franchise in the making. Right. Uh, but I, I just, it just feels like, as far as creating, I think he shot his wad with, you know, his, his uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and everything after, he everything he wrote after that was really kind of shit, uh, up until, you know, Shocker was kind of okay, uh, and I, I writing wise, he I don't think he really did anything that redeems him after uh, Shocker. Direct director wise, yeah, Scream was great and everything, and he had, I'm sure he had some creative uh, input on that when he was directing it. Right. But um, writing wise, no, he he peaked back in the uh, late '80s, even maybe earlier. And yeah. everything after that was just kind of uh, oh yeah, I, I still direct well and I'm a name, so you know. But yeah. I, I think I, I think whatever name he he managed to hold up until his death this year, uh, he earned it with starting, you know, being a, a hand in starting an entire movement, creating one of the most recognizable horror icons of the century. Let's be fair, Freddy Krueger is right up there with Dracula, Frankenstein, uh, oh, Jason. Sure. Jason. Jason. Well, I, I mean, going back, going back. I know a what full you mean. Century. I know what you mean. Yeah, going back a full century, going you know all the way back. He's one of you know you can show that face to anybody and say, oh that's Freddy Krueger. So he he that's his legacy, for better or worse. Um, yeah. Uh, he earned that, and Nightmare on Elm Street was groundbreaking in just what it did 
Otherwise, it wouldn't have had the impact it did. So that's right. No, uh, you know, Wes Craven. I, I I hate to say it. I don't think you had anything else to offer us. But um, <sighs> no, no. I you know, every time an artist dies, people will say, "Oh, you know, if only we if he he was taken before his time. If only it." Nah, you know what? I, I think a lot of cases, like yeah, that was that was a good time to go. Well, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. That's, I, I, that's why I, he hasn't made a movie in four years, probably because of his diagnosis, to be completely honest. But between Red Eye and My Soul to Take, five years he waited to make a movie. Yeah. So, you know, it almost felt like he did My Soul to Take because he just was like, ah, I should really direct something. It's been too long. I'm not saying it's good that he died. I'm saying that well, I just. Of course not. I think his career ended a little sooner than this. But uh, he definitely made a major impact on the uh, American culture, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you had to pick your favorite Wes Craven film right now, which one? Right off the top of my head, absolute yeah. favorite, favorite. Um, the one you could watch over and over and over and over and over and over. Maybe Shocker. Shocker? Me yeah, too. Maybe. Yeah. I think Shocker. I love Shocker. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah. You, you we know, reviewed it not that long ago. Yes, we did. You know what I think, too? I, I think that, uh, uh, I think that that film embodies Wes Craven, his last attempt of just embracing who he was as a filmmaker. Yeah. I, I mean, and it, I, I, I think it's, a, and I, th- I think it's a slide back from Serpent and Rainbow because Serpent and Rainbow, like I said, is breaking to Hollywood. I think Shocker's the last time he said, "You know what? I'm going balls out. This is the kind of film I fucking make. It's inventive. It's fun. It doesn't have to make a lot of sense. We're just going with the wacky shit, and it's the closest I'm going to get to not ripping off my own Nightmare on Elm Street." Uh, and I, after that, I, I think it's the, la- I think it's the last gasp of his ingenuity as a creator. I don't think he had much to offer after that as far as new inventive ideas. But when your first one survives fucking almost half a century, I think that's good enough. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. All right. I'm tired. I'm sorry. I've been rambling, haven't I? It's okay. No, it's not. You sound like I just, like, stabbed you. I'm sorry. It's, hey. Hey, where's the biggest knife in the house? right where it needs to be (laughs) you really wrote that line wes you really wrote that line it's it's kind of a great line it just doesn't work no i know i'll give defense i i I mean yeah (sighs) it 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 needed to be delivered different like in a a different scene even It, it, it if anything that if that film had anything going for i think those two actors did a great job with trying to portray this kind of like friendship, this eternal friendship through right. childhood. Um, and I think that's the only strength that film had was the, was the, uh, the, those two actors, those two kid actors. I, th- I think they right. really gave a lot more than that film actually deserved, uh, or expected. And, and, uh, those two deserve a lot of credit before we go. Let's re- let's rate every single Wes Craven film on IMDb. Oh God. Really? <laughs> no. I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. Oh, good. Let's wrap up. 
This is that he walks out of the house and everyone on the street is clapping. Yay! You killed six people. Yay! It's like the end of the first series of Dexter, but it's not a but it's not a dream sequence. That's, That's weird. Right. <laughs> uh, it's like my sister explained everything. Yeah. What? You know what? The voiceover should have been like, you know, and I thought everybody would hate me. But then what happened was the test audiences didn't like the ending, so we had to throw this together. So now I'm a hero to end on a happy note because people you pull out of random to watch a film usually don't understand it as much as somebody who would actually pay to see it. That should, <laughs> that should have been the voiceover. You know, then then, then pan up to the animated uh, skyline. Yeah. Of, of Riverton. Riverton. <laughs> uh, all right, everyone. Uh, episode 182. Of Movie Sucktastic. Uh, make sure you go to our website at moviesucktastic.com. Download the show. Listen to the show live every Thursday at 8, 8 p.m. Or you can listen to the show right from the website. Uh, you can go to iTunes and you can also download the show or listen right from the website. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash moviesucktastic. Uh, everything we post from movie trailers to just random... What's that face? That is a face. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, go to our Tumblr page at moviesucktastic.tumblr.com. That is a face I never want to encounter. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can leave us voicemail at 908-514-4470. Or if you want to email us, the address is themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. Dot com. Word. 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 Uh, you can also download the free app for your Android device. Uh, everything I just mentioned is in there. Uh, it's totally free. And coming soon. Ah, very nice. Very, very nice. Uh, coming soon is an iPhone uh, or mobile version of the website so that you can you know, do what, what and whatnot on your iPhone iPhone. I, or, I heard, I've, I've been hearing that for months. I'm still waiting for a fucking ending to the show. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? You're stuck here. Yeah. Uh, we need to bookend the beginning and the, and, and the end of the show so we can stop fucking doing this. Anyway. You? I've been hearing that for years. Yeah. Because <laughs> it keeps coming out of your mouth. I know. <laughs> I know. I've heard, I promise, I promise, I promise. It's like, oh my God, you're like John DeToro and To Live and Die in L.A. Anyway. Never saw it. Great movie. You should watch it. All right, everyone. That just about does it. Oh, God. I almost forgot. Scott loves Google. Google us. Just do a search for Movie Sucktastic in your favorite search engine. And uh, we come right up. I haven't actually done that for our show in a while to see who's linking us and shit like that I should do that anyway alright we'll talk you got any words of wisdom I'm so tired uh uh shaka shaka <laughs> oh wait you are the sword no, I am the sword you are the stone sexual reference together. yeah yeah uh huh yeah shaka <laughs> alright everyone we'll talk to you next week you know it Bye-bye. Bye. Shaka!